straight out of Lincoln, Nebraska, you're listening to Athlete Nations, the nation podcast. We're talking to athletes, coaches, and sports fans from across the country, bringing you their stories and experiences that go beyond the game of sports. Broadcasting from the heart of the nation, here are your hosts, Aaron Housengay and Will Bauer. Welcome to Athlete Nations, the nation podcast. I'm Aaron Housengay alongside Will Bauer. Will, another day, another podcast. Another podcast is right. Are you excited, Aaron? Oh, I'm very excited. We got a great story today. We do have a great story today. So, last week we were just sitting around discussing some cool stories in sports, but today we got a pretty fantastic guest who's done a lot oh, of yeah. work. Yeah, Rachel Barbau graduated from Auburn, and then in 2008 she became the uh, first ever female sportscaster to participate in a professional football training camp, so that's pretty awesome. And then she became the first female host on Sirius XM College Sports Nation, and then in 2015 she was honored with a prestigious Heisman vote. It just keeps going on the list of how many cool things that happened throughout her career. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and bring her on. Rachel, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. So for listeners who don't know much about what you do, can you walk us through what you've done and what you're currently doing right now? Yeah, absolutely. I've been a sportscaster for um, about uh, 13, 14 years and um, had a a large background in sports talk radio and and have just enjoyed doing that because there's not a lot of females that do sports talk radio and uh, and I host on um, on ESPNU on Sirius XM and I write on Gridiron and host a college football playoff, um, and just a couple of years ago was bestowed a Heisman vote. Super excited about that, but more than that, and way uh, more of a, of a legacy and uh, way more impactful was about a year and a half ago, I started a program called, a movement really, called Changing the Narrative, and I go into schools and talk to young men about what is their true purpose. Um, football is not your platform. Um, it is football. Excuse me, it's not your purpose. It's your platform to be able to change the world. And so many young men have it twisted um, that they believe that football is their purpose, and they've been told that by family members and friends. And so, when football is done with them, either at the collegiate level, the high school level, or even if they make it to the league, when they're done with them, their identity is often you know they don't know what their identity is. They're lost. Um, so we talk about purpose, passion, platform. And then we talk about how do we view women, um, how do we, you know, when we're not around them, how do we talk about women, um, and especially um, how do we uh, talk to them when we're around them. And so it's been really eye-opening, guys, um, in a year and a half, a little over a year and a half, I've been to 20 schools. I've been to my 21st this week, had over uh, a couple of million, uh, close to 5 million hits on uh, on Twitter for uh, uh, for changing the narrative and just spoke to the AFCA to uh, – coaches from all over the country about this movement. So it's, it's been pretty amazing. Wow, you, you seem like a pretty busy person. So what does an average week look like for you? Uh, it's uh, funny you should say that because uh, I was talking to a friend last night. And they said, oh, are you home this week? I live in Nashville. And I said, I am, I am. I'm so excited. I said, oh, wait a minute. I'm gone Tuesday through Thursday, but I'm home other than that. <laughs> so uh, that just kind of goes to show my schedule, but I love it. And you know, when you're affecting lives like I am and have been blessed and fortunate to do, um, then you know that's a, you know then then the travel it makes it all worth it. And when you're tired and you and you're you know almost done and you have nothing left, it allows you to keep going because you know real life change is happening. Um, and so a typical week looks like for me. I'm on Sirius on Sundays. I might fill in throughout the week. I might uh, write an article for Gridiron Now, 
And uh, then, you know, I speak anywhere from two to four times a month. It just depends on the time of the year um, and what's going on. You have know, the football and athletic programs. I do speak to entire schools and corporations as well. So it's just really, really been amazing. And uh, I'll tell you one quick story. I had a, a young man, uh, after I spoke at Auburn, uh, send me a message on Twitter, a private message, and say, you know, Rachel, after you came and talked, uh, I was so moved about being a king because I asked him to be a king in every facet of their life that I was inspired to pick up the phone and call my dad, who had been absent my entire, pretty much my entire life, uh, deadbeat dad. And I picked up the phone, and I called him, and I forgave him. And he said, I feel like a weight has been lifted off of me, and I now can be the man that God created me to be. And so those are the kind of things that are happening at every single school. And so when you have that kind of life change happening, I just it gives me the little engine that could. It gives me the the, the push to keep going. That that is that is so awesome. Um, what would you say is your favorite part of your job? Like, what do you look forward to every single day? Oh wow! Um, you know, I do a lot of things. I'm one of those people that um, I do a number of different things. So I'm always stimulated and motivated. You know, on radio, it's when I'm when I'm on ESPNU on Sirius XM. Yeah, I pitch myself every single time I'm getting ready for a radio show because I'm like, what, one, this is broadcast to like up to 31 million people. And secondly, um, and it's national. And secondly, I'm the only female on that station, the first and only female host. And so I love, you know, I love radio. I've always loved radio. I've done sideline reporting uh, for years and years when I started my career. But what I love about, uh, about radio is that you have the time to explain a story to somebody. You have the time to make an argument to somebody. You have the time to to fully engage with your audience. And I love that about Sports Talk Radio. You know, I heard early on in my career, when you're in radio, you want to entertain, inform, and bond. And so you either want them to hate you uh, or love you, but really just stay in the car for you. Or as a a listener to has told me before, I took the long way home for you. So in radio, that's what I love. You know, when I'm writing, I mean, I'm just, you know, I write from the heart. And I just write, and I get to tell these stories, like the backstory on Dak Prescott or why Dabo Sweeney was even at Clemson. It's a crazy story how he even got that job from being the interim and then named the head coach. Crazy, beautiful, amazing story. Stories of my friend Kevin Turner, who won the Ed Block Courage Award uh, and played for the Patriots and the Eagles and passed away from ALS. So when I write, I get to tell a whole you know different type of story and get the backstories on these, on these young men. And really, um, for me, when, when I speak with changing the narrative, it's that moment after I talk when the players wait on me and come hug me and I have them in my arms or I'm under their under their uh, you know shoulders and we're taking a picture and and it's it's twofold there guys one is I want them to know that I care about them and I'm a lifer and I'm going to be there for them for the rest of their life they'll allow me and when you know a lot of guys will say to me you're the first person that's told me I had worth outside of football and that'll break your heart you know um, but secondly I want them to see me as all the facets of who I am. So I'm strong, I'm dynamic, you know, um, but I'm, you know, I'm still vulnerable. I tell them about the night somebody drugged me across the house by my hair that claimed to love me romantically. And there were people in the house, guys, and no one helped. So one is the connection after the talk and just telling them, hey, I care about you. Hey, I'm a champion. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to defend you. 
And two, it is I want them to see a woman who is powerful and strong and dynamic and all of those things, but also a woman that's vulnerable and that somebody took advantage of it. I want them to respect me, protect me, and cherish me. So in everything I do, there's something that I love, uh, and I'm super blessed because of that. You said it earlier, but what does it mean to uh, to you to be the first female uh, doing what you are mm-hmm. doing? You know, sometimes I'm, you know, I'm like anybody else. Sometimes I get tired and I get weary and I want to quit or I face adversity and I want to quit. But what I hear from people around me is they say, if you quit, what will we do? You know, so what, the answer to that would be I recognize I've just never really, I never tried to be the first at anything. I was just trying to make it, you know, like put a, keep a roof over my head and keep groceries in the refrigerator and eat. That's all I was trying to do. But along the way, God has given me these opportunities to be the first at a lot of things. And and so what does it mean to me? It means that there are little girls and young women across the country that are saying, if she can do it, I can do it. And that makes me really happy. And that, to me, the ultimate goal in life, I heard somebody say on Twitter earlier today, is, you know, what's the purpose of life? I was like, it's to leave a legacy. It's to make a difference. It's to set the world on fire with your good deeds. It is not to get rich, get famous, do for me, be happy. You know, so many people have it twisted. And um, being the first on, on ESPNU on Sirius XM when my boss made me the first, I just told him thank you. Thank you for allowing me uh, to be an inspiration to little girls all over the country. Will Bauer and Aaron Housengay on the Nation podcast talking to Rachel Barbo. Rachel, we saw that you were climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Can you tell us what that was about? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, I climbed in... Uh, in 2014, for my friend Kevin Turner that I mentioned earlier, uh, he um, was diagnosed with ALS, and I was fortunate enough to um, uh, to come up with the idea for this climb. And so uh, I organized this climb, and we, uh, nine people, summited Mount Kilimanjaro in the spring of 2014, and we raised $80,000 for ALS research and awareness. And um, Mike Ditka narrated it. And so if you told me when I was little that Mike Ditka, like the Mike Ditka of the Bears, would one day narrate a movie about an idea, a tiny idea you had to climb the world's tallest freestanding mountain, I'd tell you to get out of town, but that's exactly what happened. So, Rachel, do you have one of those moments that will just, like, resonate and stick with you forever in sports casting or anything you do? I mean, you know, they all do for sure, but I do remember um, the first, um, I do remember the first uh, college football playoff that was being played in Jerry's World in Dallas, and and Bill Hancock was on my set because I was so fortunate, so blessed four years ago to be chosen as one of the only two hosts to uh, myself and and another gentleman, and we host the uh, the pregame and halftime for the college football playoff in stadium, and it's also streamed back home, and... um, I remember him being on my set, and I looked at him, and I said, have you had a chance to wrap your mind around the fact that we are literally right now, tonight, rewriting the history books of college football? Like, this is something that for years and years I never thought that we would have a playoff, and yet here we are, right? Um, And he, he said, really, I haven't had a chance to really process that yet, but I just remember that moment of looking out over uh, the stadium and I had, you know, recently had a lot of loss in my life. I'd lost my grandmother and my and my father, and so I felt them around me, um, like, like angels that night. But I do remember, I will remember that one. I think that uh, is a big one. I think the other one was sitting in my papa's recliner, 
who also passed away in 2014 when I got the email that I was going to be a Heisman voter. And um, so it was really symbolic and special to me that I was sitting in his recliner when I got the news. And I, I you know, I thought I'd been pumped for a moment. You know, I was like, what? I, what? I got a Heisman vote? This is crazy. Um, but I'm, I'm incredibly blessed. Like I said, I know I say that a lot, but man, um, I, I look back at my life and the things that are to come, and I just I have to pinch myself. So you covered the SEC West for a long time. Uh, does that make it tough uh, since you're an Auburn graduate? No, um, I've covered all of the SEC for a long time, and then now nationally for years now with ESPNU, you have to be able to talk about all the programs. So while I started in the SEC, then I moved on to the ACC with the ACC Network as a sideline reporter. No, it doesn't. I mean, I think very early on in my career I learned how I think you, after you work really hard and long hours and you, you hustle and you hustle and you hustle and you, you know, you, you uh, sacrifice your personal life, your family, all of those things. Once you do that, you, you become, the fan kind of gets pushed down in you. And I'm not saying that it's not, I'm not a fan of Auburn because, you know, I, I'm happy for them. I, I love the, the coaches and the players and the history and, and, you know, the fight song gets me amped. But the more you're a sportscaster, the longer you are, the more you can separate being a sportscaster and being a fan. So there's the fan is still in there. Um, mm-hmm. You just, you know, it's it's got a well placed little little place in there, and you know you understand that when you're a sportscaster. Yeah. Is there anything about you that uh, everyone has missed about you, like that you want people to know that that people don't know? If you know what I'm asking. Yeah, you know, it's funny you should ask that because I I live my life like this. Uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, they keep a big part of their, their lives, you know, private. And for the most part, a lot of the things that I go through, good, bad, or ugly, I put out there. Because I feel like sometimes, and I've heard this from a lot of different people, and I have to agree that we just, sometimes on social media, we put out highlight reels of ourselves. You know, it's like, oh, well, this is fabulous today, and I had this wonderful Italian dish for dinner, and my <laughs> marriage is so great, and my relationship is jiffy, <laughs> and my job is fabulous, you know? And in reality, um, you might be struggling with something. Um, you might, you know, something might be, uh, you might have had a milestone personally, and ever to each their own, but for me, I just find being an open book um, is, is really works for me. I, you know, I'm very open about my faith, and I had a a guy in the business messaged me the other night and said, listen, you know, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I don't feel like I have purpose. You know, I'm, I feel like I'm at a dead end. And we got on our knees and prayed together. And so I don't think he would have called me if I hadn't been as open. And, you know, over the holidays, my biological father uh, surprised me on uh, Christmas and brought up a homemade um, porch swing. And it had a little emblem on it that said, my superstar daughter. And so... Um, I shared that. I shared that because I think adoption is awesome, and I think forgiveness is awesome. And a lot of people wouldn't share those things, but for me, I think if you're if you just keep it real, be real, that people can really relate to that. There's a reason why so many people love Bob Costas and hate Tom Brady because Bob Costas is like five foot, you know, whatever, and we can relate. We can relate. You know, he's not perfect. He's five foot two, mm-hmm. and Tom Brady is six something with a supermodel wife. He doesn't eat sugar. He doesn't eat, you know, nightshades. He doesn't, <laughs> you know, he's got this incredibly regimented life. And he's a, you know, gazillionaire. And, and, you know, he's at the top of his game, obviously. You know, not in this Super Bowl. But my point is, is 
I think we are drawn to people that are real, and mm-hmm. I like to be real, and that means putting my life out there. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, uh, young broadcasters and young adults that want to be in the broadcasting business, like Will and I. We look up to you, and, and we love your story, and we're excited for your future, and best of luck. Yeah, absolutely. If anybody wants more information on uh, changing the narrative, they can go to imchangingthenarrative.com. Um, there's all kinds of information about how to get me in to speak and videos and testimonials, but I will say this to any young broadcaster out there. The best piece of advice I can give you is this, is just don't quit. Don't quit. If this is what you want, there will be hard times. If this is what you want, you will be humbled. If you, this is what you want, you will get fired. It's a rite of passage to get fired in this industry. It happens to everybody. You know, just don't quit. I don't care if you have to take a second job. I don't care if you have to take a third job. I don't care if you have to work for free. For the first three years of my career, I got out of school, I worked for free. I was a sideline reporter. I was a NASCAR reporter uh, for a, a television show. I was a sports editor for a Latin paper. I did the War Eagle warm-up show, the, the official Auburn, you know, pregame show before the pregame show, before the game. I did all those things. I had to clock in and clock out, but I didn't get paid for any of them. But they're the foundation of who I am today. Why do I tell you that? Because tough times are coming. And the industry is changing. And many great writers and all sorts of things don't even have a job right now. So make yourself multifaceted. Make sure you can write, edit, be on camera, uh, do a podcast like this great one, be able to do radio, be able to do everything. So you make yourself be very hard to be fired, okay? Make it very hard for them to fire you because you've got a great attitude, you're a hard worker. You work well with others. You're a team player, and you can do everything. And you're willing to get coffee. You're humble enough to get people coffee to help. I think that humility has gotten me a long way. And then the other thing I would say is just relationships. Is people matter. I, I would venture to say a great deal of the jobs I've gotten in my life and the opportunities I've gotten is, are because people like me. People like working with me. They like me. And if you put others in front of you and have a great attitude and work your rear end off, you will be successful. Just don't quit. Hey, well, thanks for taking time out of your day to talk with us. You're a true inspiration, and keep doing what you're doing. Okay, talk to you guys soon. Thank you. That was Rachel Barbeau. Holy cow, is that woman busy or what? She's really busy, but hey, she's so inspiring. Young broadcasters like us definitely want to be like her in the future. Oh, for sure. She's got a a great career, and she's going to do great things. I mean, she's got the mindset to do anything. Yeah, you know, she, if she puts her head to it, she's going to do anything. Yeah, she, and she gave us great advice as well for the future to help us out. She's she's a great lady. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll have to do it for us today. Make sure to follow us on Athlete Nation on Twitter and on Instagram. We post great stories all the time on both of those, so make sure to go follow us there. For Aaron Housengay, I'm Will Bauer. This has been Athlete Nation's The Nation Podcast. You've been listening to Athlete Nation's The Nation Podcast with Aaron Housengay and Will Bauer. To learn more about Athlete Nation, follow us on social media and visit athletenation.org.